Hi, everybody. Welcome to Send Network's ongoing Training for Trainers resource. Thanks for joining us on our journey to learn together how to make your transformational training even better. We want to encourage and empower you to keep growing in your confidence and competence as a trainer. Now, here are the hosts for today. Hi, everybody. My name is Rick Duncan. I'm with the Multiply team with uh, the Send Network. And we are very excited that you are with us today. Uh, my role is to train the trainers of church planters along the East Coast. And uh, we are here doing some ongoing training for our trainers. And with me today is my co-host, Peyton Jones, who is uh, my counterpart out there on the West Coast. Peyton is the author of this dynamic book, Reaching the Unreached, Becoming Raiders of the Lost Art. Hey, hey, hey. Outreach, missional living, and all good things like that. So welcome, Peyton Jones. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and our guest today is Dino Sinesi. Uh Dino is um, coach guru par excellence. Uh, Dino's been a pastor. He's been a planter. He's been uh, in missions. He's been in leadership development. He's done many, many things. Uh, uh, I, I love him because he's from my home state of Tennessee, and it's also wonderful to be on the um, multiply team with Dino. So welcome, Dino. We're glad that you're joining us here today. Glad to be here and go Commodores. <laughs> yeah, they just got to be 59 to nothing. This hey man, I like the Commodores. Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie is a legend. Once, twice, <laughs> three times the lady. I'm with you, bud. That's right. <laughs> I married her. <laughs> uh, so, so Dino is just a, a great question asker. Uh, he, he's on the multiply team. Uh, Peyton and I are on the training side. Dino's on the coaching side. And of course, we know that one of the critical components of being a great coach is just asking great questions. And so Dino's a great question asker. So just let me ask you, what prompted you uh, to, to start down the journey of being a great question asker, Dino? Yeah, well, I, I wasn't born that way. I can tell you that much. I was a born talker. I was a born teller. And uh, even as I think about my spiritual journey, uh, I came to Christ in, in a strong traditional church as, as a child. And then I, I sensed that call uh, to preach, to talk, not to listen. <laughs> so, so I was born with that, that default. Uh, I moved from Cincinnati to uh, South Carolina in 2002. Uh, God called me to, to coordinate a direct uh, church multiplication for South Carolina. I was pretty overwhelmed. I did. I, I had been involved in, in church planting on different levels, more of a sending church level, not a lead planter. And, and so I was involved in a lot of, lot of work that way through my local church in New Orleans, as well as in Cincinnati. Uh, but now I moved to South Carolina and I'm given a higher level position, probably in a lot of ways beyond my qualifications. And so I had to get some help. So we called Bob Logan, made perfect sense. If you go back that far, and a lot of listeners would say, who's Bob Logan? But he was the guy for many years in North America. Got an executive coach who I thought was going to tell me what to do and found out that he wasn't that kind of coach. <laughs> so he, he began to ask questions. In fact, we've had Bob Logan on this program. He wrote the book, uh, Coaching uh, 101. Yep. And of course, uh, that's filled with whole bunch of ideas about asking great questions. So Bob Logan obviously is a person that helped you grow as a question asker. What what about Bob made you want to learn more about the skill of asking questions? How did that influence you? 
Well, and it, and it was much more personal than it was like a strategic in that uh, I was expecting him to tell me I, I signed a covenant. He did everything like he says he does. So it was about the receiver. It was not about the communicator. Uh, I noticed right away the difference in the relationship uh, in that I was doing all the work and, and he was doing all the asking and listening. And so uh, it, it was, I mean, I was like sweating through my shirt and I'm going, oh, we're, we're paying him. What, what is he doing? Uh, but, but what happened is it, it opened up a window to something much deeper inside of me. I went into my soul. I didn't realize how stuck I was and how much I was ministering out of my head instead of my heart. And, and so uh, I, I started being more and more intrigued by the difference I was seeing, even though he wasn't doing what I thought he was going to do, and understanding even the people around me, how to lead them more effectively. So that's what won me over. Wow. Wow. You, you said something that was intriguing to me. You said that uh, it went into your soul. How, how did the questions go into your soul rather than the telling? What, how, how does that happen? Right. right. Well, and, and I do think that telling has an important role in the life of a believer. So I, I'm not anti-telling, uh, but, but I think there needs to be those moments where I'm not being told. Because uh, if someone tells me, they're actually letting me off the hook in a lot of ways. Uh, of my own discoveries and even my own heart issues. We deal a lot of times out into the, to the symptoms and we try to make our symptoms go away. If we're, it, a symptom would be our church is not being as effective as we want. We're not being as effective. That's a symptom. It's not a heart issue. So, so I think what, what I started seeing is that I was spiritually in, in a rut and I was frustrated with myself and I was frustrated with other people. So God started stirring new things in me uh, that was much bigger than tactical and strategic. Hmm. So asking good questions has the power to touch a soul in a different way than telling people the truth. I, I'm convinced it's different. It's complementary. It's not exclusive, but it's complementary complimentary. So, so there has to be a sacred space where everybody gets out of the way and the spotlight gets on me. And that uh, open-ended questions, true open-ended questions without an agenda, except for the best of the person that you're asking them to, hmm. uh, uh, gives a chance, it gives, gives me a chance to see me. So, so as you know, we have a, a session on asking questions and then uh, asking great questions just really permeates everything that we do in our training. So we got those five question pathways, like a fisherman pathway where you're looking for a point of view, the reporter pathway, you're looking for a story that can be transformational, the physician pathway, you're helping a learner to do a self-assessment, a pilot pathway, what are the next steps, and then finally a construction pathway, and you're helping the learner to build a list. Is there a favorite pathway for you, and, and why would you have that favorite? That was a tough question because they're all good. Now I'm not I'm not uh, fluent in all of them like you guys are because I've I haven't been through all that but I, I picked one that I would probably use the most as a coach specialist and that would be the pilot because as as I draw I'm looking for next steps I'm looking for what's next uh, uh, you know we we believe as coaches and I believe as a coach if there's not action coming out of my coaching conversation then I didn't coach I did something and it might've been something good, but I don't, I can't put a check mark. I, I, I was a coach that day because we eventually through a process, start with a broad conversation and watch it go deeper and deeper and deeper. We want to see it end in action. So I would think the pilot pathway next steps as I would interpret reporter to 
back to what I said, looking for the story of the heart, what's really, really going on inside, but not necessarily just to point that out, but that that could be discovered by the person that's talking. What's really going on? What are the dynamics at work? What part of your heart is God trying to change right now? Those kind of questions. So, so what would be a, a, a favorite question that you might ask uh, with that pilot pathway? How, how would you kind of frame a question to help a person with those next steps? Yeah, well, uh, I could get as practical as what's next. <laughs> I mean, I, see, for me, from my philosophy of asking questions, I think we try to, it's like writing. We try to make the sentences too long. We're so scared that someone's not going to get what we're trying to say that we make it all cloudy. So we do run on questions like we do run on, quest, uh, run on statements. So for example, I would say to you, Rick, What's really going on in your life as it comes to your new church and the new things you're trying to do to reach people for Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's, you know, what's, what was that question? You have to dig through all that to get it. Sometimes it's as simple as what's next. Yeah. Uh, and then when you t- to answer that, I'm going to say, well, what's making that important to you right now? Why is that important? Just yeah. try to continue to move past the initial. I'm, I hope I would be the master of the short question. The master of the short question. I love that. Yeah, yeah, would, yeah that would be, say that at my funeral, would you? So, so I had one question to ask you, and that is, what, what are some common mistakes that people make in asking questions? It sounds like one of your answers anyway would be a, a complicated question, a, a question that's too long. Exactly, and that was one of my three that I put down. Uh, you know, they're going to have to figure out your question as it is. I'd like to give them less words to try to figure it out. As an open-ended yeah. question answerer, asker, I'm pretty well going to let him take the take that question anyway and go where he needs to go. Yeah. So, so what? what I'll ask two two questions here. What? What? What are? Uh, how do we ensure that we're asking open-ended questions? And then, and then, secondly, what? What are the other two mistakes that you listed? Yeah. Well, and, and so the, another one is already in this, it's asking closed questions. And that is, okay. are you going to do something about that? That's a closed question. An open question is, what are you going to do, Rick? Okay. And, and so yeah. it just, it's some of that's nuancing, but that does kind of put the ball back in your court. It can't be answered by yes or no. It makes you have to think deeper. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You, you may not know what you're going to do when I ask that question, but I stay with you and help you process that. So, so one thing is asking closed questions. Uh, an, another thing, a uh, mistake we make is asking leading questions. Uh, and, and a leading question uh, might be if you, you'd say, uh, I want my church to grow. That's just a, that's kind of an old school question, but 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 say I want my church to grow numerically, and I'll say, well, um, well, Rick, when are you going to go door to door in your neighborhood to talk to people about coming to your church? It, so that's that's kind of a, a that I just told you you need to go door to door and talk to people about going. I just gave you a methodology in my question. So that would be an example of a leading question. That's a leading question. You know, you see in law shows, uh, 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 legal shows, where the judge will say, you're, you're leading the witness. You're trying to make them answer in a certain way. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the other things that, that I want to ask, I know Rick has two more for you to answer, but I do want to ask, um, what about the idea of, of asking why, or, you know, I've heard before that if you ask 
in a certain way, it makes people defensive. Is that something that you try to train people in coaching or is that not really a factor? As a, as a rule, I don't use why, but I would probably say, uh, uh, Peyton, what's, what's motivating you to, to make that decision? What, what's driving you to make that decision? Uh, I, it's just, a, some of it is nuancing. I've heard great coaches use the word why. I don't. And, and I would say avoid why, because my, I want God to reveal your heart to you. I'm, I'm not fishing for, for, you know, sometimes the why feels like, you know, you walk into your children's room and say, why haven't you cleaned up your room? That's a confrontation, right? <laughs> you're not, you're not coaching them at that point. <laughs> yeah. And so, so that, that's how I would, I would answer that. So why can, depending on the tone and the context, it can feel like a confrontation. Yeah. Now I sent an email to Mac Lake and, and uh, so give me some rapid fire answers to these questions. He, I said, Hey, I'm getting ready to talk to Dino tomorrow. Um, what, what do you think I need to ask him about asking questions? And uh, he, he asked this, what's the most useful question you use when coaching others? Here's, here's one of my favorites. And I don't know how many of these I've created and how many of these I've overheard. You know, we always say there's nothing original. And when you're talking about bullet questions that make an impression on you, one that I think I created, but I don't know if I did is what's your biggest question. Wow. That, that's one of my favorites because it gives clarity for them, but I will say it gives clarity to me too. So it actually came when a group of my coaches, before I came to NAMM, I had my own coaching thing going and I had some coaches that coached with me. We were coaching in a certain area and the leader came back to me and said, our guys are kind of dis disappointed. You're not giving them enough answers. And I'm thinking, well, what answers do they need? So it wasn't like I was going to refuse to give answers, but it's like, what answers? I need? it kind of triggered to me. I told everyone of my coaches, ask them next meeting, what's your biggest question? Wow. Coach down a path. And then I said at the end of the conversation, don't play a shell game. If you have some ideas, give your ideas last. Uh -huh. Your ideas go last. Uh, but, but get out of the way and, and find out really what do they need to know that they don't know. I think it's an incredibly valuable question. I use it really often with groups and with individuals. That's good. That's good. So, so how do you decide, this is another from Mac, how do you decide what question to ask? You know, that's, that's really a, a good question. I think that I want to go back to coaching, coaching reps. You know, when you first start, it's almost like a sermon. There's passion that drives a sermon, but then you're like holding on to, to the platform, trying to get it right. And I think uh, that uh, just trying to think through your mind, I want to ask the right question. All of a sudden, you've, cl you've clouded up the airwaves. Uh, I, th I think what's critical is listen well. Mm -hmm. That's how you learn to ask great questions. Just what you guys are doing right now. You're listening to me, and you're taking things I say, and you're formulating questions. And it makes a much better conversation. So as a principle, the way to practice asking questions is to start by listening. So, mm -hmm. so I, was, I was driving to Columbia with my wife this morning. And she's, she, I don't listen to her a lot, unfortunately. And I was convinced I want her to talk the whole time. And she loves not to talk. So I just kept listening to her talk about what she does. She's a middle school special ed teacher, the conference that she's coming to. And uh, so I really didn't practice asking questions. I just practiced listening. And questions were the natural out, outcome of listening well, listening more mm -hmm. intently. Yeah. And we talk a lot about listening for trigger words. You know, listen for that one word that kind of piques your curiosity and then follow that pathway. 
Um, so, so do you have like some fail proof go-to questions that you kind of rely on when you don't know what to ask next? Maybe you've had a brain freeze or something and you go, okay, this is a go-to question that will help the learner, the person you're coaching, uh, have some self-discovery. Well, and th this answer will surprise you. I'm breaking my trend here. One is a statement. Uh, and I learned this from Steve Addison, by the way. I don't know if you've read his book, Movements, but uh, he has the best small, a small brochure on coaching I've ever seen, Coaching Leaders Startup Guide. And uh, he has questions to ask when you're stuck. And the best thing I learned from him is when I'm stuck coaching you, Rick, you know what I would say? I'd say, hey, Rick, I'm stuck. <laughs> it's the most profound thing and and that silence causes the churning to go deeper now i've had people say well i'm stuck too and i said well what are we going to do <laughs> and but it would also another way to approach that you know just gut level honesty again i'm, I'm not a salesman i'm not so gut level honesty i don't know what to do next here i try to use that default not to embarrass the person but to let them know hey i'm just another guy over here trying to help you i'm stuck yeah. but another thing is to go into brainstorming go into a brainstorming mode and and that's to say well let's you're stuck let's think about some options and if i have no idea then and i learned this from somebody else too can't remember who uh, but uh then i might say something dumb to break the ice so so you might you might say uh Man, I'm, I'm trying to figure out um, how to reach more people for Jesus in my church or in my personal life. I'm trying to figure out how to make more relationships. And I'd say, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm absolutely stuck. I have no idea what to do. I'd say, what? what about just not doing that? Let's just take that part off and do some other things like preach better or, or something like that. Just kind of, oh, that's dumb. I'm not going to not do that. Well, okay, well, it's just one thing you could do. And then I want to continue to be good at brainstorming by saying, and what else? And what else? And really and press on. And what else? What else? And because usually the first two or three are right off the top. And then you start getting to the good ones at four or five when it's a little bit harder. So I would say try to move into a brainstorming. You may have to throw something dumb. You know, I'm, I'm mad at my small group leaders and said, well, you could beat one of them up just for an example of the rest of your church. Yeah. <laughs> just beat them up. Beat, beat them up. That's that's good to hear that you can you can throw a bit of personality into this and be yourself. I, I like absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> now I would. I, this is some people are going to hear this. I've said we they've had relationships. Just said, well, you could kill them. <laughs> and they go, well, I don't think that's that's a good idea. I said, no, it's not a good idea, but it is an idea. So let's think of some more ideas. Yeah. No, no, I think I'd walk from that going, hey, I had a great coaching set. I had a breakthrough today. I realized I'm worrying about this way too much. I just killed a guy. That's what my coach said. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good okay so uh i'm a trainer i want to grow in my capacity to uh ask great questions um you know i've i've heard this podcast you gave me some good ideas what's next um what else that type of thing but where can i go um beyond this to find great questions uh what's like a good fishing pond to help our trainers find find great questions Tony Stolfus has a book, and he was one of my early trainers. Uh, Tony Stolfus has a book called Coaching Questions, and it's really more of a reference book than it is a narrative. 
And we, we give it out constantly to people who are, who are being trained. We give a digital version of that out. He claims to have over a thousand questions in that book. I'm not going to count it, so I assume what he says is true. A lot of different contexts. I love that. Keith Webb on his website, Keith's helped us a lot, has a 50-question thing. If you sign up for his newsletter, then you could get 50 questions. So stock questions, I think, are very helpful. I have an article called 40 Questions to Help You Coach into deeper water. So it's 40 questions based on eight categories of questions. All very basic. If you're looking for profound, you'll be disappointed in my questions. All, All right, very, so, very so, simple. So I want to ask you if you'll send me the links to those, then I will make sure in the show notes, uh, everybody that wants to find those can get those. Is, is that possible? It is possible. All right. Well, let's plan on doing that. So, so we've got trainers that we, we say, hey, we want you to grow in your competence and we want you to grow in your confidence. So how would you advise our trainers to grow in their confidence and competence when it comes to asking questions? Confidence, I would say, is be assured that it's okay to ask questions and open-ended questions. Jesus asked 307 questions that we have on record. Uh, so Jesus was pretty warm to the question. Actually, you're not giving up your responsibility by not telling. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think confidence would be that. Confidence would be practice listening more and more so you could develop better questions and take advantage of some of these resources. Just read some good questions and then create your own. The best open-ended questions start with what or how. Create your own. Those will be the ones you love the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, one last thing, unless Peyton has some more. Um, great musicians practice playing their instruments. Um, great golfers practice golf. Great free throw shooters practice shooting free throws. So how can we practice asking great questions? What's a way to practice? I think another way to practice is to get a peer coach who has a mutual passion that you have. Uh, we have peer coaching guides. I'll send you those for the show notes. They're generic coaching guides. Have some relationships where you discipline yourself to ask only. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and it'll be awkward at first, but you'll get the hang of it and you'll get better at it. Repetition is still, find different ways to have repetition with your family, uh, with, your, with your wife, with your children, with your grandchildren. Go into a conversation saying, I'm gonna practice listening because that's a gift we give them. So we're not manipulating it at that point. We're saying, because I, I like to, I prefer to talk. So I think, think of other relationships and go in determined just to ask only. Yeah, sounds like, sounds like you did that today with your wife. It's like, I'm gonna practice asking questions and. She, I'm going to practice with her. There's a, there's a payoff for that, right? There, there is a payoff. And the poor, poor Yvette, she, she does a lot more helping me than I help her. So I, I hope she got a little gift that she's not used to getting today. <laughs> That's good. Well, well, we want to thank you so much, Dino, for uh, hanging out with us today. And thank you, Peyton, for uh, co-hosting with us. And uh, we appreciate everybody that's, that's listening, a part of this podcast. And uh, thanks for being part of the Multiply family. Thank you, trainers, for training. Uh, you're on the front lines of helping to plant more healthy churches. And we appreciate you guys very, very much. Indeed. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. Our mission at Send Network Training is to equip multiplying leaders with reproducible systems to plant more healthy churches. You can follow us on Twitter at Send Network Trainers or on Facebook at Send Network Church Planter Trainers. You can also find our podcast on iTunes. This podcast was made possible by the Send Network of the North American Mission Board.